Hey, hey, Veronica, Veronica, yeah. hold up. Uh, 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 you were in the bathroom for a while. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Is I tr- that your intro? No, I tried to think of why you wouldn't know about an alien invasion, and that's what I came up with, and I'm like, that's horrible. No, well, so we can start over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is pretty good. We're keeping it. We watched A Quiet Place. <laughs> Part two. I was going to do a whole thing about introducing you to the world of the aliens. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to keep that? Is that our opening then, Veronica? Sure, that's our opening. I mean, this is kind of a, you know. Great. How how welcoming to potential new listeners. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Box Office Time Machine. I'm John Burchett. I'm Veronica Yarovsky. <laughs> Uh, Other than fuck up intros, Veronica, what what do we do on this show? Uh, we talk about the number one movie in the box office either this week or decades ago on the same week. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. And this week, we were back in the theaters for the second time. It was wow. very exciting, but our first time together. That's true. Did that change your experience at all? Make it worse, better. Um, you offered me popcorn at one point, but I had had a big dinner and I declined. So wow. it was vastly different from all my other movie going experiences. Where no one offers you popcorn or when you go in very hungry? I have to eat a lot before I see you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, let's introduce our guest who's <laughs> looking confused on Zoom. <laughs> we I didn't guess... introduce the. Well, we didn't introduce the movie. Oh. Okay. Well, no. Two. We said we saw Quiet Place. place but yeah, we said All right, now that. Now introduce the guest. Okay. This is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> our dear guest, and our dear guest is our fellow friend and improviser, Stephen Spencer. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having Yay. me. Of Hello, course. Stephen. What uh, what a great, great uh, uh, professional uh, show you've seen so far. <laughs> I hope you can keep up our level of quality and uh, professionalism. I will do my worst. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've been living in the quiet place world, so I haven't talked for mm. uh, three years. So that's why I'm having a hard time introducing this uh, show. Mm-hmm. I have no excuse. I should be better. <laughs> but I've like, been living on an island with a functioning radio system. Oh, you've been in, in an <laughs> island. It's fine. And I've been living in the mainland, so I can't talk most of the time. But also I can talk sometimes because the rules change constantly. <laughs> I'll start right off the bat. <laughs> I don't want to do this episode because <laughs> I know that I am in the minority. This is like... We see a lot of terrible movies on this podcast. And when we do an episode and we see the fucking Grinch starring Benedict Cumberbatch and we say, that's bad. No one gets angry at us. But for some (laughs) reason, this film series, which I just don't like, I wish I did. When I say I don't like it, people get angry at me and want to protect the quiet alien movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's your experience with this? (laughs) (laughs) So how did you like it? Uh, yeah, way not to anchor a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm putting it out there. You're all going to be angry at me because everyone loves this movie and I I just don't and I'm sorry. They love the sequel? Well, I think they love, people love the, love both. I mean, they're identical. They're the same movie. So it's very much a, 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 if you like the first one, you'll like the second one. If you didn't like the first one. You'll hang out with me in this podcast. <laughs> I would actually disagree. I, I I think they're kind of different. 
Because you, you're uh, a fan, you're a fan of the first one. So, so you're saying you didn't like this one? Um, I couldn't remember how I felt about it, and <laughs> I, I rewatched it, and um, I felt I don't know. I feel like it's solid. I'm not, you know, I don't know if I'm like getting out of bed to defend it against you, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's competent. I think if a little like cheesy. <laughs> That's actually how I feel. So maybe this isn't. Maybe I didn't need to get on such a strong fucking uh, a soapbox. Veronica, where are you at? Yeah, I'm basically in the same place. I think they're they have very effective tension building scenes that I enjoy. I think yes, if you try to read more into the universe or think about the laws of it, it doesn't make as much sense. But I don't know that you have to do that in order to enjoy the movie. So I'd mm-hmm. say it's like the franchise is a solid three out of five stars for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm hovering more in the two star range. You can check my <laughs> letterbox for proof. I, wow. I, I, because all of my friends and roommates, I've been fighting about this uh, with weapons all weekend. <laughs> um, uh, but everyone disagrees with me. So I've been really trying to come up with like the most concise way to express my problem with both these movies. And I'm going to try. Yeah, Here let's it hear goes. It. Um, <laughs> I used to think these movies were basically the Velociraptor scene from Jurassic Park for 90 minutes. And I think that's a cool idea. I don't think they're as good as that scene, but that's, you know, that's Steven Spielberg at its peak. That's fine. But I realized what, rewatching it this time that a better comparison would be the middle section of the original Dawn of the Dead, which is just like a zombie survival procedural. When they first get to the mall, <clears throat> and it, we just watch them for 45 minutes, very step-by-step step set up how they're going to stay alive. They're like, okay, we got to get the zombies out of the mall, but first we got to make sure new zombies don't get in. So we'll block the doors with buses. Okay, we got to get gas for buses. And it's very like step-by-step and we watch them and then we see how their plan falls apart. And that's very much what both A Quiet Place movies are. First one, we see, okay, we put sand on the path so we can't walk there. We've got to figure out how the baby can live. Yada, yada, yada. This one, okay, we're going to go into a furnace. We need a a stopwatch to time how much oxygen we have. All that stuff, it's step by step, just like that movie. Obviously, Dawn of the Dead has characterization and satire, but that's fine. This movie doesn't, but it's also much shorter. That's fine. I would be fine with just a procedural movie about living under the rules of this world. But however, this movie's rules are completely inconsistent and the step-by-step falls apart. So nothing, none of it matters. It would be like if you were watching Dawn of the Dead and then sometimes the characters got bit and turned into zombies and sometimes they got bit and didn't. At that point, the enjoyment of watching the rules falls apart. And since this movie has nothing else, I just sit there during the long stretches of silence feeling bored. And that's, a, that's sorry, Krasinski heads. That's how I feel about this movie. Okay. I'm so defensive about my opinion so, of this movie. Clearly. So wait, so is your, your <laughs> issue is that, this is what I'm assuming you mean, is that, mm-hmm. the, that, uh, that it seems like different levels of noise are required to, like at some times you, you can make a little bit of noise, other times you can't make any. Is that, is that the inconsistency? That's one inconsistency. Another one is in the first movie, we are told very deliberately that this family has survived because they're super smart. But all the scare scenes are built out of them making stupid decisions that they should know better. Like in this movie, little girl's walking down the train tracks. She comes to an abandoned spooky subway car. It's mm-hmm, a world filled mm-hmm. with monsters. Maybe go around the spooky subway car. <laughs> no, she goes in so we can just get a bunch of jump scares, which which just makes her seem dumb, which goes against what we've been told. It's that stuff. It's the fact that in the first one, you can you can yell near a waterfall, but for some reason, no one wants to live near a waterfall. Mm-hmm. In this one, they've figured out. How to survive the thing. Live on an island. Live on a boat. You will be safe forever. And so Mm -hmm. the people who know that, instead of just telling people, they record a cryptic message that involves a song on a vinyl record player playing on repeat, 
Why would anyone do that? Yeah, the vinyl record on repeat is the funniest moment in the whole movie for me because <laughs> it makes zero sense. First off, it's a vinyl record, so it can't be repeated that is, easily without humans. Second, is there of another all, track on that record? Is does the code only work fifty percent of the time? <laughs> right, exactly. Sometimes it's actually like artificial flowers, and people just go to flower shops <laughs> and are very confused. But also. The microphone is pointing at the turntable. Mm -hmm. The microphone is pointing at the spinning record. So, like, it doesn't actually get any of the fucking sound. It may... I don't know. To me, I know that it's very cinematic to have a microphone mm -hmm. pointing at a thing that obviously represents the thing you want to say. But it was so dumb. Yeah, I'll say... I just want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to stop talking for, like, the next ten straight minutes, like, I'm <laughs> a character in this movie. I... The rules... Every movie has inconsistencies. I'm not fucking like cinema sins dinging. Like, I don't mind that record player thing. The, the literally <laughs> that it's a spinning record. Like, fine. It just looks better in the movie. Like, one of my favorite movies of all times is Gremlins. The rules mm -hmm. in Gremlins don't make any sense. In Gremlins 2, they spend five straight minutes making fun of the rules. But Gremlins is a purposely silly movie and is like in a tone that it's okay that the rules don't make sense. Whereas this movie pounds in your head that this is a procedural step-by-step -step movie. The only thing that matters is the rules. It's not the characterization. It's not the subtext, because there is no subtext to any of this. Arguably, the first one's about how it's hard to communicate in a family, but this one is about nothing. So there's nothing to think about except the rules. So then the rules have to be consistent. <laughs> And now I'm going to put a timer on a stopwatch while my oxygen goes down and I'm not going to speak for a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's, so let's start off with this. Okay. Cold open of the the second one. Now we're talking about quiet. I love the two. cold open, the cold open. I cold think it's excellent. Pure nine 11, 100% yeah. nine 11, right? We're all in agreement on that. Uh, I was not as much as say were the worlds. No, like, but uh, like people in a small town looking on a TV. There's a building like burning. People running in the streets, and it's like, oh, I guess there was a some kind of explosion. I don't know. Like to me, it was very like you know, again, like loss of innocence, like a vote intentionally. If I had to think of anything, I would think of maybe like some kind of mass shooting I, I i don't know that they also, were really going for going going for that i'm sorry i'm not no, 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 i'm yeah, not talking i will point out that john has already broken the rules of this podcast by talking i'm suffocated in the so, furnace i used up too much oxygen there's a cattle and there's calling and there's black <laughs> <laughs> sorry steven go go oh on. no i don't know that was just that was one thing that seemed very uh you know, obvious to me, like playing on that, and um, uh, you know, love to see Cillian Murphy in there. Uh, glad to see him. I guess, I guess in the so the first one, I think after revisiting it, that seems like I know uh, Veronica, you and I were talking about it, maybe being like you know, like the people on the right side of the political spectrum claiming it for them. Revisiting it, I feel like. Uh, yeah, more family, but also, like, grief seems, like, maybe pretty, like, clearly about grief, where this seems more of, like, a coming-of-age story, I would say. And ultimately, semi-woke. Semi, I would say. How would you say that it's woke? Well, uh, well, first of all, can, oh, another thing about the 9-11 thing is that, um, so the first movie kind of like was without place, whereas suddenly now we're like definitely in the New York area. Right. Right? Because there's like a, you know, Long Island Railroad, and, and what island do we think that they're on? That's a question that I have. Oh, it's probably, uh, what's it called? Like uh, Shelter Island or whatever, the one off... Rhode Island coast, sort of north of Long Beach, uh, Long Island. Okay, so you we know, like there's like a, I yeah yeah, but so but based on that map, to me it looked like maybe it was like, um, I guess I didn't know where it was. You think that it was like it's in the Sound or, or somewhere? Yeah, it's like north of Long Island okay, Sound, okay. sort of 
Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Because, I mean, New York City doesn't, I mean, this is fascinating to people, but uh, New York State doesn't actually have a ton of access to the water that's not New York City or Long Island. Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually Metro North that they were on. Okay, Metro North. Uh, So that would make it more, okay, that makes more sense to me. Kind of like Connecticut area? Yeah, so I think they were sort of in that area. And according to the map that she has. Okay, okay. Um, But yeah, sorry, your point. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, so very New York-y, New York-centered. And I guess in the end, like, it's uh, it's about what the, like, kind of the kids are the ones, they're the main characters in this one, the, the kids, versus yeah. it's more like everybody or the parents in the first one. Well, okay, so I I didn't really feel much of a much character arcs in this one. It's I haven't seen the first one since the theaters. Mm-hmm. I would argue I would agree that the kids get more focus. I think possibly because Emily Blunt, uh, they have young kids in real life. I think, and both people couldn't be on set. Both parents could be on set that much, but uh, so she's kind of off to the side. And Killian Murphy gets probably more screen time than ever, anyone. I would say he's as much the main character. I just, what would you say the daughter's, uh, I think she's, you know, a bigger character. What would you say, like, her arc is in this movie? I think she wants to save her family like her dad did. I think there's a lot of, I I think the movie does put an emphasis on their relationship and how she looked up to him in the beginning of the movie. She's with him as opposed to the other kids. Um, And, uh... You know, there's like the whole recurring thing about are you your dad wasn't brave? Was your dad brave? Am I your dad? I'm not like your dad. All that stuff. Happening. Yeah, it, the big. And, sorry. Yeah, no. So I think the goal is for her to to grow into a role of more of a protector of her family. Mm. Yeah, the big moment there would be Killian Murphy saying, "You are right. I'm not like your dad. You are." I guess right. it's it's definitely there. I guess I just didn't feel the beats of it. And it, I mean, the fact that it's, for the most part, silent makes it much harder. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think also the middle kid has more of an arc in this one, too. He has to learn to be more self-sufficient. So he's mm-hmm. sort of building up to her role in the previous movie. I think, you know, they're all trying to grow up. But does Maybe. he become more self-sufficient? Seems like he just fucks up more. Uh, I mean, you know, that's part of it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, man, I was very annoyed with him. Like, just do something right, please, guy. I felt you know, bad for very the, whiny, yeah. I felt bad for the young actor, because I can imagine he... I, I wonder if he gets bullied at all, because his character is just the fucking wimpy dum-dum in a way that's very (laughs) realistic this is not a flaw of the movie like i think a a little kid in that position would act i would act like that at that age i would be a little idiot who gets myself killed instantly Mm -hmm. but um but i feel bad for the poor actor i could just imagine on set john krasinski's like can you whine a little more pathetically just (laughs) whimper a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think he probably got uh, you know, shorthanded or whatever. The should we actually speak about the plot? I realize we actually did not do a recap of the plot of this movie, <laughs> and maybe it would be the uh, you know helpful. Right after, I would right love after, a recap. Do you guys think his his friends at school think he's cool for being in this movie, or make fun of him because he's of such a lame? He's in a fucking movie. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's. That's, but uh, they, so they're probably jealous of him, and then they're meaner about how much of a lame he is in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah, they might make fun of him, but I mean, it's only because they're insecure that he's a movie star, and they're yeah. like, you know. So, but maybe he, maybe they're all too young to realize that. Could be worse. He could be the littlest brother who gets eat, gobbled all up. I truly don't remember how the younger brother died. But uh, flashback in the first one. But yes. Okay. Plot recap. He, uh, uh, the batteries, sorry, sorry. The batteries get taken out of the, 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 the rocket, the yeah. rocket ship. And then suddenly all of a sudden the batteries are back in and he's playing with the toy. And then he gets snatched up by the beastie. Doesn't oh, one of the yeah, kids give the toy him makes the toy? A noise, right? 
Sorry. One of the, does one of the kids give him the toy and then they're like feel bad about it? it there's like a guilt thing. Oh, uh, I don't remember. But either way, he was trying to have fun and he couldn't <laughs> do that because we're all sad. Family is all sad. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Okay, Veronica, recap the the lengthy Please. plot. Yes. Well, I'm not going to recap it at length. I will just say that it picks up. The movie up. doesn't recap it at length. <laughs> the the movie, aside from the flashback that tells us how the monsters invaded uh, that world, uh, it starts off right as the last movie ended. John Krasinski has died. They found out that they can use the static feedback from the hearing aid of their eldest daughter to sort of disorient the monster. I kind of remembered it more as the monster straight up dies when you use it, but no, I they guess still that had was to not shoot accurate. him with the shotgun, yeah. So yeah, so they're now decided to move on from their house because it got also flooded in the <laughs> uh now with their baby in tow Moses style in like a little box in an ark and with a little oxygen tank, which was very upsetting to me. Like to close a baby with an oxygen tank still seems kind of dangerous because you don't know what that baby is doing. <laughs> like you could just take it off immediately. Uh, also, I don't know if the baby is a heat, so I don't, I didn't mean to misgender the baby. If that oh, was not true. I don't uh, know if they've revealed that. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Uh, I, and should we call the baby it? Is that better? There's, there's a gender reveal party in the DVD special <laughs> yeah, features of the first movie. Do you think movie. that was the origin of it? The gender reveal parties were too noisy. <laughs> and yeah. the aliens came down <laughs> They make a, They complaint. make a loud noise and they yell either boy or girl and then they shoot whichever alien comes running. Uh, anyway, so they tow their Moses baby uh, in to somewhere i think they initially go to follow the other fires that they use as sort of we're still alive communications between their communities Mm -hmm. and so they make their way there on their way there they stop by a refinery of some kind that looks abandoned it has a bunch of traps in it that they fall in uh so the mother triggers uh some sound alarm right yeah, presumably something. You know, it's been decades now. I should know this. Killian or Cillian? I think it's Killian. Oh, then that was my bad. I. You know what? You keep you saying Cillian. Earlier. I'll keep saying Killian, and the podcast will definitely be right some of the great, time. Great. Well, one of you is going to be real Cillian when we find <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so like he set up some traps. One of them is a sound-based trap, which... Seems bad because, yes, you are alerted, but also a monster also comes, which seems bad. Well, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't like them them scavengers, those mean scavengers that are about. have <laughs> traps that drop goo on people or something that's not noisy. If you're... If the reason why you're hiding out is because of monsters that are afraid of noise, you having a trap that is activated by noise is not actually helpful. To what you do you anyway. mean by drop goo? Like a Home Alone style? Yeah, like Nickelodeon, Teen Choice Awards, <laughs> kind of, or I don't know, something that doesn't make as much noise. Right. Well, I wish these characters were hiding out in the Nickelodeon Teen Choice Awards or Kids well, Choice Awards. Look they were at hiding, for, uh, hiding out in like the old, like decrepit double dare set. <laughs> I mean, um, I suppose it kind of looks like that now. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So this is so re- regarding the sound alarm, and this is a question I kind of had throughout, which is like, mm. how many of these guys are there around? You know, right. like how dense are how how thick is the world with these monsters? Because if they're everywhere. Then that kind of makes sense. It's like they were probably hanging out closer to me and I'm just going to draw them over here. But yeah. if there's like, you know, if there's like one every 10 miles. Then... They've purposely been vague about that, which I think is is smart. Not just like how dense are they in that area, how many of them are around the world. Because mm-hmm. it very much seems like the world fell apart so quickly that no one really knows. Although... So in the first one, they have like a New York Post headline that says, it's sound or something. 
Which brought the big question, how was the New York Post publishing that in a big, noisy publishing uh, printing press? But now it's crazy because we see in this one, their town was one of the first hit. But I, I, it's not answered. We can only theorize how many aliens there are, because if there aren't that many, we know they hit like I think in the first in this one, we see like Shanghai was hit. But like, are they is every island free? Because if they only landed on the mainland, then every island should be safe. And, and somehow, right, this, although maybe it's, you know, maybe it's whatever, Westchester, but I was thinking at the beginning, I was like, okay, so wait, one of these meteors is hitting this small town? Yeah. Where, where by the way, everybody in the entire town <laughs> is at this Little League game. When the little, game. When the little game, game game breaks up, the, town, the, the streets are filled with people. Just because everybody has left this Little League game. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was a worthy target for the uh, alien well, that, invasion. I mean, again, this is just stuff that's not really thought, not thought through. And I don't consider this a failing because I think it's you don't need to have thought this through. This is more stuff that's fun to imagine. But like we don't see other meteors landing like we see, you know, in the horizon. So I, I'm just very curious if like the aliens just set, set down one meteor for every like hundred square miles are there places like is puerto rico just fine like places that are just island island territories are they just hanging out yeah i mean it seems like that would be reasonable but in that case i feel like they should be broadcasting something else that's not beyond the sea but rather go to islands. Everything Which cryptic is fine. code do you think Puerto Rico is sending out? Okay, well, Por- Puerto Rico's kind of big, but I'm sure so one they of they probably got at least one meteorite. Yeah, yeah, but probably one of the Virgin Islands or something. You know, I'm sure there's one. Here's over the worst there. part. So this happened in 27. This happened in 2017, right? The the first movie. So oh, this, I thought you meant the alien invasion. Well, the alien invasion, because presumably it happened around the time of the first movie. 2018. 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. So this could mean that Jeffrey Epstein is still alive in this world and is fine on his island. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is actually an alternate universe. Where Jeffrey <laughs> yeah. Epstein in this is alternate fine. universe, Jeffrey Epstein is the safest person on Earth. This is actually more, you know, ammo to, you know, Steven's theory about it being like, you know, or like as to why the wingnuts have embraced it. This is a QAnon movie that's all about how <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's gonna, Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Gates are sending sound aliens down and that's, that'll keep them safe. Exactly. I, I want to hear more about the, that conversation you guys had about uh, uh, the the more conservative love for this movie. Is it just... I mean, I know John Krasinski himself is very popular with the right. Um, you know, he did uh, the Jack Ryan stuff. And the Benghazi um, movie. And right, the Benghazi movie. So is what I there, there is like a whiff of some of that stuff. But what, what did you sense in, in either of these two movies that gave you that, that uh, feeling? Well, in the first one. So, right. I was thinking, by the way, with the sort of like very what I seemed as a 9-11-y opening. I was like, oh, he's, you know, directing with his Jack Ryan brain. And, of course, mm-hmm. the old man – I figure conservatives fucking love this. The uh, old man who's, like, saying the Lord's Prayer or something and John Krasinski has to cover his mouth. A lot of hands covering mouths. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea mm-hmm. is, I guess, um, to, in broad strokes – I'm not exactly sure, but I think in broad strokes the idea is that, like, you know, it's a very, like, sort of a traditional family unit and they, mm-hmm. like – can't talk like some sort of freedom of speech interpretation where like mm. if you say anything you know the liberal beasties are going to get you i think is how they read it although i'm not 100 <laughs> sure interpreting this movie as so i'm sitting here being like there's no subtext interpreting this movie as being a metaphor for cancel culture actually instantly makes the movie so much more interesting to me <laughs> Okay, so that's the first one. Okay, I think there's a maybe maybe a decent reading. The second one, I would go the other way because let's. I mean, we didn't get there in the recap, right? But let's face it, like, it's the we mostly recap the first movie. <laughs> so right, so well to pick up in the recap, right? The the family gets to where uh, Cillian, 
Murphy. You say Cillian, I say Killian. Killian. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, Murphy is holed up. His wife died, presumably of some illness. Um, and she From was drawing too many pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she held too many charcoal pencils, <laughs> and, it, and it leaked out the fluids in her body, let, leaving her a mummified corpse for a jump scare. Right. I thought we don't we live in a. Everybody thinks art is therapeutic, right? I'm, mm. I'm only saying mm. that based on the number of people who claim to be art therapists, and yet yep, somehow yep. <laughs> he's drawing pictures of his child over his dead child over and over again, and it's not really helping him. Well, art therapy is mostly telling you that you should use art, but if you use art too much, you'll turn into a mummy. Mm. Too many charcoal drawings will turn you into mm. a mummy to scare whiny little brother so he can whimper some more. Um, right. So, so the I'm just giving that kid's classmates ammo to make fun of him with. <laughs> it's it's very. I was trying to figure out. I was like, what. Like, what are they trying to say with this kid being so, like, weak, whiny and incompetent? You know, like, I, I couldn't quite get anything, but it certainly seemed to be there. Yeah, I think it's I think that's just a, a, a good character choice. Like, I didn't I genuinely think that's a positive of the movie, even though I, I'm making jokes about it. I think it's he's very realistic as a tween or whatever. It's hard to tell because this second movie is supposed to take place 10 minutes after the last one. But the kids are clearly older, and thank God they didn't use the CG de aging effects that they use for it part two to make everyone's face look fucking weird. <laughs> uh, Veronica, you want to recap us more? Yes. So yeah, uh, the charcoal painting, <laughs> Killian Murphy is holed up there, and he wants no visitors. No one mm -hmm. is worth saving who is still alive, and he wants no part of it. You don't even know. You don't even exactly. know. Exactly. No one knows. Only he knows because he's a man uh, who is <laughs> the only one who's felt any sort of loss. And that's is him. Uh, so, but anyway, but they convince him uh, to allow him shelter for a little bit. Uh, and then the next day, mm -hmm. the girl hears a radio transmission, which is very rare because they have been listening and it's always static. And it's the aforementioned cryptic somewhere beyond the sea uh, playing in the loop. Uh, she somehow, I think, uses her compass and her map to figure out that she uses importantly the father's maps the father's maps mm. which she, she's continuing okay. his work yeah she's continuing his legacy and so she <laughs> figures out that the transmission is happening on an island and this is actually cryptic clue to say that somewhere beyond the sea uh, beyond the water there's a radio station that they can go to and then transmit uh, the static that she produces via her uh, uh, hearing aid to for everyone's use, I guess. A uh, couple of plot holes there. It seems like she only the range of that radio station is fairly limited, considering that they, you know, walked a day and got it, but then they couldn't get it within yeah, I'm like, not that sure. range. I'm not sure that the that's going to be a more helpful thing. They've built this plot twist about the island. The more helpful thing would just be to turn it off and be like, hey, everyone get to an island. Of course. Also, I'm going to do this feedback every 30 seconds that'll help you out as well. Right. Uh, and also, I guess it also assumes that there are a ton of people out there who still listen to radios, even though. And they have to be tuned to that one station. Yeah. So, I mean, ton of stuff. She doesn't know that there are people on this island, so it will give her the benefit of the doubt there. She might not know that there are no monsters on that island. All she wants to do is get to a radio transmitter to transmit the noise. Uh, whiny brother says no, <laughs> but she goes away the next day, uh, walks alone towards a boat so that she can find a boat and then take it on the island. Uh, she runs into this stalled Metro North train, <laughs> bravely chooses to venture inside for reasons, uh, and she ends up triggering something that creates a noise that ends up alluring in the monsters. This and is 
Sorry, this is the one that is the least noise that triggers it. She lifts a first aid kit off a wall. It's arguable either it's that or it's her opening the door. But well, it's like I it's think so there's also, little noise. There's also a jump scare of a body falling because mm-hmm. she she reaches over. Then there's the body of the conductor or the uh, the driver of the train that like falls off. I think she might. But unless at we're that considering point. the movie's score diegetic and that the aliens heard the violin stings of the jump scare, then that means they just yeah, heard the like sound a, of a, a body slumping, which is a you know a noise. <laughs> but that's it. Like so, in this scene, like that that bumping or the birds that fly up. That's such quiet noise compared to. Five minutes later, when she and Killian Murphy are having a whisper scream fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It also, as we, it kind of ties into the thing we discussed previously, how many of them are around. So Mm, if the one that happened to be around heard the sound, came in, died, is there any other of them around in the immediate vicinity to, you know, catch them again? Yeah, so, that's yeah, the it major, doesn't seem super consistent. That's the major catch-all answer to any of the times. Like, oh, the aliens just weren't around. But And that would be fine if if the people acted more like... I think they, if the movies just made the sound threshold higher, <laughs> then I think they'd be better. If, it was, if they just had it set at, like... Honestly, like, they should have had a scene when Krasinski was doing his research in the first movie of, like, decibel ratings. How loud can you raise the decibel without drawing the aliens? So you think this movie should be like a jumbotron? It should have like a little like noise <laughs> meter in the corner. Yeah, the jumbotron clapmatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it should at any point of the movie, you should kind of see it, and then the audience would be like, uh, 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 uh. And I think the movie should be interactive, and the audience should be allowed to applaud when they want a character to die. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, so the opposite of Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Oh no, I'm nothing. Um, uh, I was just thinking of the little sound meter in uh, Mission Impossible, De Palma's Mission Impossible. But yeah, yeah. Um, so right. So, but at this point, well, okay. I was just going to say about the sound threshold, very low. Because later on in the movie, like, Emily Blunt can't, you know, she needs water to walk around safely. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. she can, like, walk around barefoot on a concrete floor without this thing hearing her. So I feel like the threshold is pretty small. But, um, right, so at this point, just to bolster my, like, the second film being both more political and more progressive is that, so the, the daughter has some secret knowledge, right? She understands something that nobody else understands, which is that... This song means something. No, nobody will listen to her, so she's gonna have to set out on her own. And uh, you know, then she brings like grumpy uncle happens to come along with her. And then, <laughs> and then when they're having the whisper fight, right? This I thought was like a very, like I was like uh, borderline eye roll, where she's looking at an. You have a young woman looking at mm. an older man and saying, "Enunciate." Right, she's like, she's like, communicate, right? Like, like you're not talk. So, um, which was the next part when they're arguing about whether they're going to go back or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I think that's the next thing that happens in the plot is uh, uh, Cillian. Yeah, Killian. they get to then they get. We're we're cutting out all the stuff with the brother and Emily Blunt because it's 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 a ticking time bomb. The same way the first movie had the ticking time bomb of the exposed nail that someone was going to step in, mm-hmm. that this one has the oxygen tank that's slowly getting towards empty, and then they get stuck without air. So it's just them worrying about oxygen, yada, yada, yada. It's, a, it's the B plot. Uh, but yeah, in the A plot, they go to the boat, they get attacked by scavengers. Um, in a very, I don't know what those scavengers expected to happen. Why would the person ever not yell and get aliens to come save them? Um, <laughs> but the scavengers get torn up, uh, cause the aliens don't eat people. They just beat the shit out of them like a drunk person outside of a bar. It's hilarious. I genuinely like that. I was kind of um, confused about the scavengers. So scavengers hmm. live in the boats, right? Yep, they're, they're very dirty cause they're creepy people. But mm-hmm. so they have, presumably, they also have the knowledge of monsters don't go on boats. Uh, so you think 
So why are they there? Why are they docked as opposed to going on some scavenger island that I'm sure they could scavenge? Uh, this, the, this big, the big twist of this movie that the aliens cannot swim ruins everything. <laughs> You're right. Why don't they just leave? Just because they're hoping once every 300 days, a Killian Murphy will walk by? Yeah, it's not entirely clear what their goals are with that. I'm also not... The way that the whole sequence was shot, I was not clear what was happening. I was not clear how Killian Murphy was able to stuff the... Uh, so what ends up happening is that they end up escaping them with a combination of the monsters coming and them jumping into the water. Uh, the scavengers did take the hearing aid away from the girl, but it somehow ends up in Killian Murphy's mouth, safe and sound. And I was not clear as to how that could have happened. They just didn't the- show it, so it was a reveal. Presumably when he was holding the guy against the beam, he took it, somehow got it out of the guy's pocket, then chose to put it in his mouth. It just I don't know seemed- why. Just yeah. put it in your pocket, dude. I don't know that, but well, whatever. I guess he was trying it's to protect it from thing. the water, so he wanted it to be in his mouth. Are, it was I have like, that question because I, I don't. Are hearing aids uh, not water resistant? I don't know. To it seems like that would be a, 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 a flaw. Like, well, can, can you shower? Can you shower with your hearing aid? You might not want to. I don't you know. know. This is honestly, I'm gonna. I actually am gonna look this up. Uh, so you can keep I mean, recapping. not to get too nerdy on things, but there's a rating of water resistance, and certain things like your phone can get water on them, but if they get submerged beyond a, like three meters, are not gonna function. But there are certain things that are rated that way, so it could be a situation where you can get incidental water on. A hearing aid, but not intentionally submerge it for a prolonged period. It sounds like it's like that. Hearing aids are water resistant and waterproof, but you shouldn't actively wear them during heavy water activities like swimming or showering. Right. Or having a noose around your neck and hiding from (laughs) aliens while like things explode. Take take them out. Pop them out when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. That's, yeah, that's where the moisture exposure is more limited, I suppose. And you also know that that whole time, which, you know, uh, like he probably had to resist swallowing it a little bit, oh. right? Like he had the desire to swallow it, but he knew he couldn't. This is, <laughs> this is a, a device that has most recently been in a dirty scavenger's hands and before that, spent years in the ear of a dirty teenager. Mm. And Killian Murphy had to put that thing in his mouth. Maybe he has a, a true hero. <laughs> He's a hero. <laughs> uh, so with the hearing aid securely in his mouth, they board one of the boats. Uh, they see a monster drown, which is how they realize that monsters are not water resistant. Uh, and then they somehow very quickly make their way to the island. Um, I feel like this movie does this a bunch of times where they cut off parts of journeys Mm -hmm. that other movies would probably include. So for example, there's one coming up where they, uh, they see the people on the island and, uh, prepping for dinner or for like kumbaya time and then the next scene is them already joining these people and talking to them so Mm. there's no scene of them being introduced perhaps distrusted by these people there's none of that there's a scene with the kid and the b plot that we refuse to cover (laughs) where he's uh, (laughs) trying to make it down a shaft into their sort of safe place and we see him opening the door, but the monster is still around there. So conceivably, there's a ton of noise that could happen between mm-hmm. him going down. And we just like, we cut away from that until he's already in the sort of the incinerator shaft. So yeah, I, I feel like the movie does that a lot. I feel like sometimes it's fine because we know mm-hmm. what that sequence of events would be. But I feel like sometimes it's just because they don't want to deal with the details of what that would be. I think overall this is I, – I don't think this is a laziness choice. I think overall this is an artistic choice and the smart choice for them to make. Because they can't do dialogue, they really do shorthand 
nearly every character interaction and skip over a lot of stuff because at the end of the day, you know, there's only so many with characters who don't know sign language. Like it would, it just skips through it. A lot of like 10 minutes silence of people doing charades. Although I feel like they used to write a lot of messages in the first movie. I don't know why they dropped that. Yeah, but, but my, I think with the first or the second example of the kid with the lid, like there was no sign language to be had. This is the stuff, the bread and butter of this movie, which yeah, is like is the what tension. noise is going to trigger like a little something could be. Yeah. And I was surprised that they chose to cut away from that. I so, think they wanted to jump to the next tension, which is he's already down there and the aliens trying to come in. And I. I think yeah. it, it's for the most part, it is it is a decision to keep the movie nice and lean, mm-hmm. which I think is smart, considering there's so little dialogue. Um, but it goes back to my thing of like, when you do that, you are telling the audience that the only thing of import is the choices the characters make. I mean, that's every movie, but the choice the characters make in the steps to keep themselves safe and the rules of the world. So, again, when that those rules don't make sense, the fact that you've cut everything out uh, really hurts the movie. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's the right, right choice. I think that's not the flaw of the movie. I think keep, editing, like keeping it as lean as possible, if the other stuff worked better, I think that would be the right choice. Yeah, I, I mean, I truly don't mind because like those scenes are so performative anyway, or perfunctory, because uh, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. These are steps that need to happen. We know that they're going to need to be trusted by the locals. We know that this kid has to get there. So I get it. It's just an interesting choice of this movie. Yeah, I feel like um, def- I, I, I'm totally on board uh, vis-a-vis like them like entering the like you know, multi-culti paradise of this island. Um, but uh, I could imagine a nice scene when they're when they're in the little rowboat and it's like they're... Because fr- if you're out in a rowboat, you're safe there. You can talk there. Like, I could imagine Good a, point. an interesting scene where it's like, oh, like, kind of like the waterfall scene in the first one where it's like, what are we going to say now that we're able to talk? You know? Right. But, uh, yeah, a scene where they're talking and maybe they're like... Maybe he's still uh, uh, concerned. He's still distrustful. Uh, and like the sca- whole scavenger situation has seemed to prove him right that no one else out there is worth talking to. And there's tension as they reach the island and don't know what they're going to find, which would make the reveal of a whole community. Yeah, I think that would have been nice. Yeah. Oh, or uh, how about a moment where it's like she was right? How about mm. that? You know? Well, there is that moment yeah. at, when when they get there. At the campfire. Though, my main problem with that is they go in, introduce to the locals, the locals are friendly, everything is great. What is your goal? Your goal is to go to a radio station and to send a signal. Mm-hmm. They they don't do that immediately. They wait until the next morning to do it. <laughs> if if your urgency is to do this thing, do it. They, I know that the reason why is so that we can intercut between the two uh, stories and mm-hmm. like have them getting to that radio tower at that point, you know, makes sense yeah. within the B plot. I get why the story wise they have to do it, but there's no reason for them not to do it practically. Uh, the moment that they get there, yeah. uh, which I was, could believe yeah, I that don't know. they would be so shocked to see a functioning community that they would like stumble and sit down for a few seconds because they also don't know. It's not a few seconds; it's a whole night. It's like is 10 it hours. Whole, do they yeah. sit for the whole night? I thought they just went back to the house and then immediately. No, the it's daytime. It's daytime <laughs> the, when they find the monster. Yeah, they have a whole barbecue. Everything's yeah. great. It's like welcome. Let me introduce you to what happened and give me the give you the backstory. Well, they they know the Beyond the Sea is playing and that's saving tons of people. So <laughs> everything's okay. It just it seems like if my family was trapped in some incinerator. With, like, you know, uh, with very low levels of oxygen, my brother, his foot is fucking fucked up from Oof. a bear trap. Uh-huh. I, I would want to immediately do the thing, and then I could have some barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I, you're totally right. This, to me, this is one of those things. I think I'm, I'm I, I, I want to defend these choices, 
to make it make my complaints feel like <laughs> make it feel like I don't purposefully hate everything. Like this is the kind of inconsistency that I, I like I will like I'm like that doesn't take me out of it. You're totally right though. It is weird. Okay, it's just but, weird. I mean, yeah. I yeah, I'm more positive on this movie than you are. I just feel like they could have there's no reason for them to not do it right away no. and just accelerate the timeline of the B plot so they are still sort of parallel and it's still saving them somehow by her doing it at that specific time there's it's, there's no I, reason cuz like they control the timeline <laughs> yeah i don't even know why they need to take that time because like the B plot uh the time in the B plot is so unclear basically they hang right. out she walks to the pharmacy she walks back. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. And there's like a very. Oh, right. They, they have like to have sitting... one out of the next oxygen tank. That's why the time Right, right. To... Which is yeah. seems like a lot. Although, okay, just, well, since John's now coming to the defense of the movie, I, I, I need to take the other side, which is just like the whole, like, I'm sorry. What is the point of that little, little like chamber that you can only be in for like, 20 seconds and and additionally <laughs> like if i was chilean killian murphy i would <laughs> chilean you know he's pretty was, chilean he, on that island he, man he was he was chilean before the aliens came after that not so much <laughs> um like uh i would come up with a slightly more permanent less disruptible safety mechanism instead of a towel that if i forget to like put to block the thing i'm just if he's on his own he's fucking stuck in there you know yeah it's i'm also I, not entirely sure how the towel actually f- prevents <laughs> the thing that they want to have it would just dampen sort of the latch but if you are yep. still properly it closing would slide it through yeah, but if you're still properly closing it to the extent that you're depriving yourself of oxygen, that towel is not doing any of those things. I feel like I have to imagine that that was Killian Murphy and his wife's like fuck bed. Fuck bed. Well, it's also it's super sexy in there. <laughs> They're very um, into oh, oxygen yeah. deprivation. Yeah, yeah. they can. But no, I was yeah. gonna say I I would imagine that was their like plan Z. That's if the aliens have actually gotten into their private little bunker. That's where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, I, it seems to be implied that the aliens coming down in this movie is the only time they've gotten down there. Because they absolutely destroy the little t- uh, slide you have to go down. Yeah. I, so I think we just happen to see a time where they use that furnace multiple times because they have to use it the first time. Because the brother is screaming because he stepped in a bear trap. The second time, the kids want to use it to have a private conversation and the kids are dumb. So they're like, let's go in the death trap room to have our conversation. And the third time, because the alien was coming down. Yeah, I. it does. I mean, it's a contrived bit of like, it's basically like, like, hey, we have this room. It's for raising tension. So when the movie's gotten to a certain point, can you go lock yourself in there? It's got a raising tension machine. Right. No, I mean, I think that is the kind of stuff that I'm not super bothered by. Yes, I know Mm. you need like a thing. You need a safe space. The rules of how you get to the safe space are murky because they don't make sense. But the safe space can turn into an unsafe space. Whoa. Is that that. another like right wing (laughs) interpretation of this? (laughs) I don't know. You're, you can interpret it either way. I haven't thought about it really. <laughs> From all the talking, love- you run out of oxygen in a safe space, and then you <laughs> Ascri- die. Ascribing extreme political views to this movie is very funny because I think there's so little actually there that I think, like, if we could actually like try to be like, oh, this is, oh, you know, John Krasinski's Benghazi movie? No, not that one. A Quiet Place too. <laughs> uh. Yeah, John Krasinski's character, he's Obama. Where is he? Not yeah. doing anything. Look, this movie is clearly about the State Department cover-up of Benghazi, okay? Yeah, so yeah. Don't at me. That's why they cast Killian, Hillary, Clinton. Put the two names together, you get Killian. Krasinski knows what's up. He knows okay. his audience. Okay, so just, just while you guys are down on the political interpretation, the police boat washes up. 
Uh, <laughs> police no, boat washes up to the to the multiculti paradise island, mm-hmm. and it's got bad monsters on it. I, I some did. bad apples are on the, yeah. the boat. <laughs> just, just a couple, just a couple of bad apples. I I do agree with you that there is. I mean, I think there's there's definitely he's going for like this is a movie that. It's a small town, family values. Mm-hmm. He meets a police officer who's played by by a black actor. There's like no question. It's like the police officer's just a good guy, uh, likes his job, is just there to bravely help people. Like it's like little things like that that aren't exactly political choices. They just reflect a a, uh, a certain worldview. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if um, I, I sensed as much stuff like um, like a- actively trying to make a message with the movie. As opposed to being like, this is a movie that shares the worldview that the family unit is the strongest thing right, in the world. Right, right. That, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the monsters wash up to shore, and because they didn't change the signal already on the radio, <laughs> uh, uh, so they, oh, Jaimon Hansu is. Like playing a tiny role, he should be in. He is in a thousand movies a year, playing thankless roles and just dying instantly. Yeah, which which do you think is a more thankless role, this or playing the wizard in Shazam, where he's unrecognizable and has like four lines? (laughs) I think this is a better role because at least like his character has a moment. Like he he cares about his son. Like that's his thing. But he he gets so little to do, and then he just like dies. It's mm-hmm. kind of, he he runs them to, or he drives them with his car to the radio station uh, to change the signal, and then he wants to run back, and then he gets pulled out by the monster and dies. Uh, but thank you for your sacrifice, A list actor. Uh, well, that's you have to cast an A list actor in that role, or else the role is completely useless because you you need that like oh I guess he's dead now uh, surprise right right right, right. the whole Drew yeah, Barrymore and scream thing you get an A list actor yeah. people are like they're never gonna die and then when they do you're like oh my god anything could happen anything like I would say happen. this other than on a physical attractive scale. On a acting talent scale, on every scale, if you cast me in that role, it would not be nearly as effective. <laughs> no, because the minute, John, you show up on screen, people are like, they're going to kill this guy off any minute. Oh, that, that's the guy who's <laughs> going to fuck it up. They're going to be like, oh, that's a guy who finally, like, the little brother's going to bully because that's the only character on Earth who's more wimpy, wimpy than the little brother. Well, this is the guy who talks too much. He's going to get us killed immediately. <laughs> Uh, and so they bravely venture into the radio station. Tension, tension, tension. Is this cup going to fall off and like trigger the monster? Who knows? Uh, the girl go- bravely goes to the record player and the microphone pointing at the record player <laughs> and uh, puts uh, the, the hearing aid there triggering, um, triggering the static feedback. The monster dies. Killian Murphy kills it. Ooh. She kills and, it. Oh, does she? I thought he. Yeah, she kills bashes it. its head in with a metal yeah, pole. Yeah, oh, that's the right. Two she kids, does. Yeah, the two kids simultaneously uh-huh. kill their uh-huh. aliens. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we intercut. That's the big ending. They're so. They're so. See, the now. kids have risen to their role. They are uh, taking on the role that the Emily Blunt did at the end of the last movie, which ended identically with the story not progressing in any way. <laughs> and then we end on a dangling hearing aid on a microphone, and good luck to this girl obtaining another hearing aid. <laughs> and this, maybe this pharmacy that has oxygen tanks a year and a half after <laughs> there's been oh, but- uh, an alien invasion could provide them with some hearing aids. Wasn't that actually a big story point in the first one that her hearing aid was breaking and he was trying to fix, huh. desperately trying to fix so. it, yeah. which yes. led yes. to the feedback noise? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, they have to find a way to replicate that, I guess, very rare noise. Is it all feedback? Is it every island? It doesn't Quite seem three, like we'll she find out. even needs the hearing aid. It seems like she's just deaf and that's it. Right? I mean, in that scene with uh, when they're trying to talk, he, I guess, is it because he needs to whisper if people spoke at full volume? Anyway, I was surprised that it ended being kind of pro-media. 
<laughs> Specifically pro radio. <laughs> yeah. This that's, is another thing that that's the, the, the right wing people. We have a return to AM FM radio. <laughs> Get uh, your streaming out of here. Well, and that brings us to the end of this podcast. <laughs> I, I have a I have a question for the two of you. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to our grade in a second. So we've been talking a lot about um, about the inconsistencies. Like that's one of my major problems. But we've each been talking about it. Some of us enjoyed it more. I feel like we talk about it more than we talk about plot inconsistencies in other movies. Mm-hmm. We're not like nitpickers, really. Uh-huh. So my question is: Do you think this movie has more plot inconsistencies than most movies or is it just that the long periods of silence give you so much time to think about them and that's really what what i'm latching on to and you guys are somewhat latching on to well i think that's your entire argument so you're basically are trying to get us to say you are right no, my, my main <laughs> argument is that the movie the movie presents itself as a procedural movie where the rules matter but then the rules don't matter that's my main argument uh hmm. yeah i don't think the moments of silence made me doubt or like read more into because i was very engaged in the moments of silence mm-hmm. i wasn't bored uh but i mean when we recap a plot and i have to explain like because of this they did this <laughs> it, it, it kind of those things become more glaring yeah. to me. In the moment I it didn't particularly bother me the like the inconsistencies in the moment other than the uh yeah for the most part I thought this you know um in that whole like the set pe- the dual set pieces I felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't thinking too much about it. I actually did not think about how ridiculous it was that I guess they were trying to send the message only to artistic people who would be able to interpret what it meant <laughs> instead of being like do this. They they don't want to give the message to like the the creepy, dirty, long haired people, the dock people. You know, were they yeah. all? I like to imagine that, that community because they said only like two boats got away when uh, New York City was trying to empty it mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine that that community was purely uh, the employees of a local escape room, and they got on the first <laughs> boat. And so once they got there, they're like, well, we got to spread the message. <laughs> But what's a fun way to spread the message? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's give a little clues. You have to look yes. up where we live. <laughs> look, you just you can't bring you can't just bring everyone into your barbecue. You know, that, that, I guess that really goes back to if if every island is safe, just have the recording go to any island. Yeah. I guess Manhattan's probably not safe, right? But they have bridges. Manhattan is never safe. Uh, all right. Well, should we give our grade since we're running low on time? Sure. How how sure. how how many? What's the scale? A to F. We do a we do a grade school. Yeah, A A through F. You can a do plus if you really want. If you if you're the kind of person who gives perfect grades, go for an A plus. Gotcha. We can and do in betweeny grades too, so minuses and pluses. Are we taking yes. into account grade inflation? Uh, yeah, think about, definitely think about, like, um, the median grade in the classroom and put a curve in there. I'm saying maybe this movie is a C, but, like, no, you know, nobody's really happy with a C these days. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I imagine that someone is looking at a list of all of our grades. What grade do you want to see next to your name for this movie? Yes, Mm. everyone is looking. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone yeah, is all, right. all eyes on me. This is going straight to John Krasinski. From A. Uh, so we're going to count down from three once again. All right. <laughs> three, two, one. C, C plus. Okay. I was thinking C plus, I went B minus. <laughs> right. B minus, C plus, and C. All right. We're semi consistent beyond the C, and that's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> this is why I, I want. I'm curious about our our grades because Veronica, you and I frequently sound like we disagree, and then we give movies the same grades. Do we? I just mean, have a different I don't think we scale? did this time around. I think we were all kind of on the same page. We just had like variant tolerances for the same thing. After the movie, you seemed more positive. Maybe my chair was just less comfy. Yeah, maybe you didn't have the popcorn I offered you. <laughs> that was oh, you want to know what? That's what happened. I think I should have eaten that popcorn. 
<laughs> C plus actually, I think is the right one. I think C plus is right. All right, all right. Yeah. we did it. Change your mind to C plus. Threes of a kind, C plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a winning hand. Um, all right. Well, that thank- was a quiet place too. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming over, Stephen. Do yeah, you have thanks for having to plug? me. Um, yeah, would you like to plug anything? Ooh, uh, no, I have nothing to plug. Okay, nothing a, to plug. Any socials? Any social accounts? No, to plug? I, I, I really need. To, I'm not on Instagram, and it's a shame. And I need to get on Instagram. It's one of my pro- projects for this year. So, well, wow. then we'll 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 plug. Everyone should get an Instagram with Stephen's name, and then charge him tons mm-hmm, of money mm-hmm, to buy it back mm-hmm, from them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. What uh, what do what do we think we're gonna do next week, Veronica? Well, next week our options are either again, right? Super Eight, Swordfish, oh, wow. or City Slickers. Ooh! Wow! Wow! <laughs> that huh. is a that is some rich material there. I saw Super Eight in theaters and have forgotten everything. I saw uh, Swordfish. That's that's the Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry movie. Yeah, I love that movie. By the way, <laughs> I only remember John Travolta's soul patch and the fact that Halle Berry is topless in a scene. But to be so that's twenty years old. I was the right age to only remember that part of the movie. I've never seen City Slickers, so me neither. Oh wow! We'll you guys have never seen City Slickers. I guess we have to see City Slickers. Hey, you don't need to review it, but you gotta watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see what we watch next week. Uh, f- until then. Toot toot. 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 <laughs> That's a thing we do. Gotcha. Noted. <laughs> noted. Noted. <laughs> noted.